Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. Let's get into the Gospel of Easter, Part 3. Now, we covered Part 1 and 2. Then we had uh, uh, the Lord asked me to preach a different message right in the middle of that. Uh, and, and we did that. And then there was Mother's Day where it was last week. Uh, Pastor Margie, my wife, ministered a, a great word on Mother's Day. Really enjoyed that. And uh, heard some things. I heard some things I had never heard before in, in, in Revelation that I had never uh, seen before. So I was blessed by it. And then uh, so God, the Gospel of Easter Part 1, we, we spoke on living um, in the tree of life and living the crucified life. We, we talked about crucifying ourselves, crucifying our flesh, and crucifying the world to us. So we did the Gospel of Easter Part 1. We spoke of why Jesus went to the cross. You know, we, we have these things that we, we come up with, and we think that when God does something, there's one purpose and one reason for it. God is not like that. God has a, a many purposes and many reasons for everything he says, for everything he does. There's not just one moment in time that this is, okay, he went to the cross so that we can be saved and, and go to heaven. Yes, that's probably the main thing. Our salvation is, if you were to make a list, that would be number one. But that was not the entire reason or purpose for that. We are still living today uh, the crucified life because of that moment. We were crucified with Christ, yet we live our life should be because of that crucified life and and in our life we live according to uh what jesus left us to do and we're going to talk a little bit about that today the gospel of easter part two was i'll be back and jesus said he was going to return and what was that for so that we could stand around and and you know and, and okay, he's coming back. When is he coming? Is it today? Is it today? Is it coming back today? And we can just kind of wait around until his return. That's not why he said that. To me, I take it more as, listen, I'm coming back. You better get ready and you better get others ready. I'm coming back. There's a moment in time that I'm going to be returning to get my people. You better make as many. You better build my kingdom here on earth because I'm coming back for it. Right? So we, he, I believe that instead of just saying I'm coming back, and we just sit around and wait for him. I believe that he gave us an order, a command, and he did. And we, sp- we speak about that in the Gospel of Easter, part two. I'll be back. So uh, his promise of returning was not so we would sit around and wait, but that we would go to work in building his kingdom here on earth. And the Gospel of Easter, part three, which we're covering t- today, is called More Power to You, right? Or More Power to You. So, uh, uh, you know, back in, in the 60s and 70s, there was power to you or more power to you. And there was that fist thing, you know. And I know some of you are like, what in the world is he talking about? I'm too young for that. But more power to you. And Jesus made a promise. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, was going to come upon those after he left. He was saying, I got to go so that, so that I could send this back. And he mentions that in the Gospels. And, uh, uh, and then he talks about the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to talk about today, the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the minute I say Holy Spirit and the Spirit coming upon them, everybody begins to think speaking in tongues. 
We pray in tongues. We speak in tongues. We believe that here. I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost on uh, June 21st, 1987. I got saved. After I got saved and the, and, and the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me, the pastor, Pastor David Southwell, was standing there, and he says, then there's more. And I said, I'll, he didn't even explain it to me. I just knew something had happened to me. And if God had something for me, I wanted it. And he said, there's more. And he prayed and laid his hand on me, and I began to pray in tongues. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know. I just knew that the flowing of God God's Holy Spirit was happening, and, and it, it expressed itself in this language, in this uh, speaking in tongues. So we believe that here. Uh, we're uh, uh, very careful how we teach it, because I know that there's a lot of misconception. There's a lot of misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit. We have blamed the Holy Spirit on some crazy things that we've done in the past, as, as Pentecostals, as we call them. And we have done some things in the name of the Holy Spirit that was not the Holy Spirit at all. So I stand before you today as a pastor, and I apologize, and I repent for some of these teachings, I may have even taught some of these things 15, 20 years ago that, that you know, uh, are really not what the Holy Spirit is about. So, we've, you know, as you grow and as you mature and as you become wiser, as you become a wise guy, uh, you, you learn things and, you, and, and you, you're able to convey things in a proper way. And I believe that the Holy Spirit had so many other reasons for coming, had so many other purposes uh, uh, to be in our life, and I want to share some of those with you today. <clears throat> so, um, the process was Jesus died. We, we were, you know, we just Easter about over a month ago or eight weeks ago or so, six, seven weeks ago. Jesus died, resurrected in, the, in a glorified body. He spent 40 days on earth, showing up, walking through walls, giving his disciples some final words about the kingdom. He spent 40 days preparing his disciples for the kingdom. He spent three and a half years or just three years teaching them about the practicality of what they were supposed to do on earth. He was an example of these signs and wonders and miracles and gospel preaching. And, you know, the Sermon on the Mount was, let me take you up and teach you how to be a fisher of men. That's what the, the Sermon on the Mount is all about. And he did that, and then he spent 40 days, and then he had to, uh, he had to uh, uh, ascend to uh, heaven and, and so that we could get what was called, what they kept calling the helper. So he tells them, go into this room and wait on the helper that he will, that he will send after he leaves the earth. And here we're going to pick up right in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost came now we use the word pentecost and we say pentecostal and we've given all kinds of definition or reasons for pentecost we when i say pentecostal some think of of the way they dress some think of uh the way that they behave some think of legalism you know very religious legalism is the pentecostal and they have attached all these things to the word pentecostal or pentecost uh, the, you know, speaking in tongues, rolling around on the ground, screaming and yelling, being charismatic, you know, praying in these weird languages. And they come up with all these things. And let me tell you what the word Pentecost means. It means the 50th day. Period. There's no, there's no other meaning to the word Pentecost other than the 50th day. That's what it actually means. And it, what, what it was saying was on the day of Pentecost, he was saying 50 days after the Passover meal. So 50 days after Passover, 
there's something's going to happen on that day. So just wait 50 days. 50 days. That's all it means. 50 days. When the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover feast came, they were all together in one place. Man, I am so excited that we're going to be all together in one place very, very soon. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a mighty wind, right, came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be, in other, in other translations it says, what appeared to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Another translation says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, these people spoke in these languages by the Spirit. It wasn't by their own doing. So sometimes when we, when we, when we teach on this, we do this in retreats, and I've taught it here and, and prayed for people here in the past, and you lay hands on them and they go, mm. And they bite their tongue and they close their lips and they're like, if this is going to happen, the spirit is going to make. No, that's not how that works. You have to say something. You have to release yourself. You have to surrender yourself to the spirit. And that's what they were doing. They were waiting. I mean, how much more surrender than sitting around for a couple of days waiting right on this to show up? They were totally surrendered to what was about to happen. So that's what happened. They began to speak in other tongues. And then, and then we're done. It's like, okay, that's what the spirit was for. So they can speak in other tongues. No, there are so much, many more, there are so many more facets to the Holy Spirit. I was trying to make it like, right? Acts chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. <clears throat> Excuse me. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another. Now, this has already happened. They're all hanging around. They're going, what is going on here? What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them <laughs> and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up. Of course, who else was going to do this but Peter? He stood up with the 11. Remember, they lost Judah. He stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you, right? Let me explain. You have some explaining to do, Lucy, right? Let me explain this to you. He was Pedro, right? <laughs> now I got to go back. Listen. Listen, Linda. Listen. <laughs> Carefully to what I say. If you don't have, you know, social media, then you have no idea what I just said. <laughs> Carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Now, if you're a drunk, nine in the morning means nothing, but... It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of the prophet Joel. Now, we're not going to go. I don't want to teach all this and go and read out of Joel. But the prophet Joel said that the Holy Spirit would come upon those, the young, the old, the Jews, the gent. It was going to come upon everyone. Some were going to have dreams. Some were going to prophesy. Some were going to have visions. Right? The Holy Spirit is coming upon everyone. And I think the main issue here was not that the Spirit came upon them and that they spoke in other tongues. They, they weren't criticizing the fact that they spoke in other tongues. Understand this. They were criticizing the fact that the Holy Spirit came upon Gentile and Jew the same. 
See, if they weren't just saying, hey, this is what happened, and, and you know, look at them, they're speaking in tongues, ha, ha, ha. No, they were like, ha, 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 Gentile, and you know, the Holy Spirit wasn't for the Gentile. But Jesus had already brought another doctrine. Jesus had already broken that law and said, there is no longer Jew, there's no longer Gentile, there's one new man. So when the Holy Spirit came down, he didn't go, oh, the Jews are over here, the Gentiles are over there, let me go, let me go upon them, and the Gentiles will have to get circumcised before they can get the Holy Spirit. And That's not how that worked. The Holy Spirit came upon all of them. And that's what I believe is what they were making fun of. The fact that the Holy Spirit had come upon all of them. So this still happens to today. People don't understand, so they go from being amazed and perplexed to making fun of what they don't understand. It's okay if you don't understand. It's all right. But don't just dismiss it because you don't understand. right? At least give the Word the opportunity to teach you and grow you into a place where you can understand. I'm not asking you to, to say, okay, well, I believe in this today. Well, maybe you don't believe in this. Let, let, me, let me give you a, a, another example. And I, I'm going off a little bit, but uh, I'll, I'll go through the rest of it pretty quick because I really need you to get this today about the Holy Spirit. We teach on tithes and offerings here. We just picked up our tithes and offerings a few minutes ago. We teach on tithes. We believe that the tithe is part of the church today. We have scriptures to prove that. We have teaching to prove that. Uh, the Bible says it in the Old Testament. It says it in the law. It says it in the, in, you know, the beginning. It says it in the law. It says it in the, in the book of prophets. It says it in the book of Malachi. All that's old, Old Testament. It says it in, in, in the New Testament also. Even Jesus spoke about the tithing and giving the 10% of all your increase. We believe that here. Do you know that not everybody does it? Not everybody believes it. Not everybody has the faith to be able to do it. Nobody is treated differently because they tithe or don't tithe here. We're all treated exactly the same. So even though it is something we believe and teach, not everybody does it. And we hope that one day they will grasp the, the, the revelation of what it is to be able to give your tithes and offerings and to be blessed and have the promises of God effective in your life for your finances. That's why we do it. We don't do it so we can get your, you know, so that we can prosper. We want you to prosper. So we teach this this way and we teach it so that you can do whatever you want with that. Well, the Holy Spirit's the same thing. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in speaking in tongues. But I can tell you, not everyone in our church does that. Not everyone in our church believes that. Some of us are kind of, eh, I, I kind of believe it, but I've never done it before. And that's okay. You're just in a, in a season in life. Know that you're not always going to be there. Eventually, you're going to grow in the Word, and eventually, you're going to get to a place where you're going to say, I want that. And that day is coming. It says, you hang out with dogs with fleas, you get fleas, right? You hang out with those that are baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's just a matter of time. And some get it quickly, like I did. I got saved, and without knowing a word of Scripture or, or the Bible or anything, I got saved, and a minute later, I was speaking in tongues, because my whole life was surrendered under God. And I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't happen like that for everyone. Some people go 10, 20 years as a Christian and then they receive it. Some people go their whole Christianity and they don't receive it. So um, I'm not saying that you're any less than anybody else. Let me give you another uh, 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 misconception of what they say. Well, they say, well, the Holy Spirit comes into everyone when you get saved. That is absolutely true. 
Uh, I have a teaching called uh, The Spirit Upon and The Spirit Within. If you want to learn more about that, you can go watch that on our app or on our YouTube page, uh, our um, uh, website, The Spirit Upon and The Spirit Within. And it differentiates the two, and it explains that for you. So I can't do that today, but uh, these, these things are available for you, and you can uh, definitely research them and, and search them out and uh and learn more and grow and possibly one day you'll be in your shower and you start praying in tongues you didn't even know (laughs) so peter stood up and mocked stopped the mocking and the questioning and said let me explain this to you and he said this is that what did he say what's happening right here is what joel was saying with the prophet joel this is that and jesus did that many times this is that you want to know what the what the command the new commandment is is to love your your God with all your heart all your soul all your mind all your strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself that took care of the ten this is that right and he, and he does that over and over again and Peter was doing that here he was telling them this is that so let's let's move into who the Holy Spirit is who is this this dimension this spirit some people say Holy Ghost they use the word ghost. Do you know that the word ghost is used inappropriately there? It's only used ghost since the 50s or uh, 40s and 50s. No, 1800s. It was in the 1840s and 50s when they first used the word ghost because it rolled off the tongue better than spirit. So they used Holy Ghost and then New King James. and I mean, King James started writing Holy Ghost and, and, and back in the time. And it's gone back and forth from Holy Spirit to Holy Ghost. But the fact of the matter is that the word properly translated is spirit. It means pneuma. It means air. It means breath, right? Holy Spirit, the holy breath of God. So who is he? He is my inner voice. These are all the things beyond the speaking in tongues. These are all the things that the Holy, the Holy, and not all of them. I mean, I'm going to leave some out, I'm sure. But there are so many things that the Holy Spirit does. And he does these things whether you're baptizing the Holy Ghost with the, with the evidence of speaking in tongues or not. So I want you to, I want you to get this because this is for everyone. Jew or Gentile, right? He is my inner voice. Jesus at the Last Supper is giving some final instructions to his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 8. I'm going to read it in the World English Bible. W-E-B, World English Bible. It says, when he has come, he will convict the world in respect to sin and righteousness and judgment. He will convict. convict. See, convict is not condemn. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's great. 17 and 18. God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Those who do not believe are condemned already. How you want to be condemned, the only way you can be condemned is by not believing. Right? But once you believe, you're no longer condemned. But the Holy Spirit has a job to do, and part of that job is to convict. That still small voice that lets you know not to cross the line, the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. We've done some things just in this week alone, maybe just this morning alone, maybe last night. We know that there was that little voice that we had to drown out, that we had to tell it, shh, we're going to do this anyway. We know that it happens every time. Why? Because if you're saved and Jesus lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and that is your inner voice. Well, that's, no, that's my, my conscience, or that's my this, or that's my other. You don't have that. You have, you know, they say we can have morals outside of God. That doesn't work because we set up the morals. 
<laughs> and man is, is not moral in itself. We need God, right? And he puts the commandments and he sets the things in place and, and lets us know what's going to be harmful for us and what's not. So, you know, nowadays I was, talk, I was meeting with somebody last week and we were talking about how, uh, you know, how the generation has changed. You know, 50 years ago, the big deal was, you know, if, if people in the church were drinking alcohol. And if they were going out and partying and drinking and, you know, and then and back in prohibition, when, when alcohol came back in, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right, <laughs> right? Just because the law says it's okay doesn't mean that God's word says it does. So I'm not going to get into all that. But nowadays, it's not that anymore. Nowadays, with the legalization of marijuana in many of the states, kids are just, oh, we, I just do it every once in a while. And they're, they love God. They read their Bible. They come to church. They tithe. And then every once in a while, they, you know, they do a little here and there. It's, it's a whole nother generation. But in the midst of whatever it is that you're doing, whether it be that, whether it be drinking, whether it be watching something you're not supposed to watch, whether you're you know, angry and you're yelling at your wife in a way you're not supposed to, or vice versa. Now, nowadays, you know, we got men that, you know, <laughs> that get their wives beating them up. But if you, whatever it is that you're doing, there's that voice there, that inner voice that tells you, hey, this is not right. And now you can listen to it. It doesn't yell. It doesn't. It's a. It's a still small voice. It's a, almost like a whisper. So you really got to listen. First Corinthians chapter twelve verse three says, "No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit." I remember one time we had a a, a gentleman, a young man that uh, manifested during a service in in another church we were part of, and he manifested, and, and and his voice came up, and he was mocking the service and what was happening, and. Uh, a demonic presence came and we took him aside and, and uh, I, I began to pray as, as we took him aside. I didn't speak to him. He was saying things to me, but I wasn't talking to him. And I was like, Lord, I need your help. I, I you know, on my own strength, I don't know what's going on here by just looking at him. I knew that there was a, a demonic uh, manifestation happening, but I didn't know what was going on. And the Holy Spirit said, if he could confess me as Lord, this is in my, my mind, in my, the Spirit was telling me, if he could confess Jesus as Lord, he'll be delivered. So that was, my, that was my, my, my to go to. So I said, okay. So I looked him in the face and said, say Jesus is my Lord. And he refused. And I asked him a couple of times, can you say Jesus is my Lord? And he wouldn't do it. And, I, and then, then this voice came out of him and I knew it wasn't him. And then I, I knew the guys, I won't say his name, but I knew his name. So I said his name and I said, I'm talking to you. And all of a sudden, everything else kind of calmed down. And I said, do you want to get rid of this thing? And he goes, no. And there's not just one, there's several, he said. And they comfort me. He wanted to keep them. So that's why he could not confess because the Holy Spirit was not inside of him. He couldn't say Jesus is Lord. And he says, they comfort me. And then I found out about his past and, you know, how he was raised and why that. And I said, well, then... You have to leave. And it sounds horrible. I know that, you know, uh, at the time I was an associate pastor, I said that someone would ask the person to leave the church. Well, he wasn't there to be delivered. He was there to disturb what we were doing and, and to come against what we were doing. So because he didn't want that, we had, I had to ask him uh, uh, to leave. And uh, unfortunately, he had to. And, and through the authority of the Holy Spirit that lived inside of me, I was able to control what was going on in him in that moment but i couldn't control him because he wanted to keep that so by the inner voice you know no one can say jesus is lord except by the holy spirit right. let's try that now jesus, jesus 
is my Lord. Come on, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is Lord. Amen, amen. He's my teacher. The Holy Spirit is my teacher. You can read the Bible. Listen to this. And if you were raised Catholic, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this about the Catholics. I usually don't do that. But if you were raised Catholic, this is like a big no-no. You can read your own Bible. And the Holy Spirit can give you revelation of the Word of God on your own. Right? So he gave us the Word that we could read the Word and the Holy Spirit could be our teacher. Oh, that well, Pastor Rick, that means that I don't have to go to church. I can do this on my own. Don't do that because then you'll go nutso. Right? That's where false doctrines come in and that's where people start their own little religions and, 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 you know, and cults and stuff. No. We gather together so that the Bible says we need to eat the same food, drink the same uh, uh, water, right? We need, if you thirst, we need to be together and, and have the same word and the same doctrine. So know that here we preach the word and, and we preach the gospel and everything that I say, I do my absolute best to back it up with the word of God. And that's why we always have so many scriptures. So uh, I do that on purpose. John 14, 26 says, but the counselor, everybody say counselor. The counselor is also translated as intercessor, consoler, and advocate. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's why I say sometimes, Holy Spirit, stir up the word that's already inside them. Sometimes I pray for you that way. Lord, stir up the word that's already inside our church. Stir that up, that faith would rise up and that love for others would rise up. 1 John 2, 27, New Living Translation says, But you have received the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. So it's the Holy Spirit that is a teacher. It teaches you, right? It teaches you. Um, Next one, He is my guide. He's my GPS, right? He's my guide. Not sure what to do, what decision to make. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, tell me. See, I am here before you today because of the Holy Spirit. I'm pastoring this church today because of the Holy Spirit. My family is in ministry today because of the Holy Spirit. We obeyed. Sometimes what looks good in the natural may not be good at all. We have a saying in Spanish, says, Todo lo que brilla no es oro. Everything that shines is not gold. Right? It may be fake, and you put it on, and then your earlobe turns green because it wasn't gold to begin with, right? Everything that shines is not gold. Just because it looks good doesn't mean that it's godly, right? We need, to, we need discernment. We need the Holy Spirit to be able to tell us. John 16, 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only when He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. It's a promise that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Isaiah 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Good stuff, man. The voice in your head is not that you're crazy. It's the Holy Spirit. If you're not saved and you don't have Jesus living in your heart and the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you have voices in your head, then you might be crazy. But if you don't, if you're already saved and you have Jesus in your life and you're hearing this voice, sometimes we need to listen. 
right? Sometimes we need to listen. The Holy Spirit is my friend. I love this one. This, this is really dear to me. John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Everybody say counselor. Counselor to be with you forever. Listen to this. Counselor is the word parakletos. It says, of the Holy Spirit destined to take the place of Christ with the apostles after his ascension to the Father. To lead them to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth and give them divine strength needed to enable them to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of the divine kingdom. You ever feel like life is overwhelming and you're being persecuted and things are just, you know, we, we tend, perspective is, is everything. You know, we, we tend to think that, oh, I can't. People are dying all over the world for proclaiming Jesus. There's martyrs for Christianity happening in the age today, right now. They preach Jesus and they hang them and cut them into pieces and throw them into the, the plaza to show others that they're not allowed to do that. I know it sounds horrible, doesn't it? We watch movies that show so much more stuff and you want to say, I can't say that. It's actually happening. It's actually happening. There's a, a magazine that's called Voice of the Martyrs and you can get that and you can get real stories of how people all over the world are preaching the gospel and getting persecuted uh, for it. But he's my friend. The Holy Spirit, is, he allows us, to, he gives us the strength to be able to preach the gospel. He's my friend. He gives me deeper knowledge. He helps me to preach the gospel truth. He gives me divine strength to undergo trials and persecutions. Proverbs 18.24 says, Even a man who has many companions can be destroyed, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. You hear me going fast because we're getting, we're getting out of time here. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God. Listen, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, also in the Message Bible, says, don't grieve, don't grieve God. Don't break His heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life. Making you fit for yourself. Don't take such a gift for granted. The Holy Spirit is not just our friend, but our intimate friend. I mean, how much more intimate than living inside of me? You can't go anywhere without him. It's not like you can say, I'm going clubbing tonight. I'm going to put the Holy Spirit in the drawer. And then tomorrow morning for church, I'm going to take him out and put him back. That's not how that works. Sorry, I ruined it for you. I know. The Holy Spirit goes with you everywhere you go. If you ever want to question whether what you're doing is okay or not, remember, God is with you. Would he approve? Wherever you're standing, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at and you're questioning in doubt whether you should or shouldn't, whether the Bible teaches that you can or cannot or whether you have some kind of agreement or, or you know, a, a, a thing with God that he just understands. No, God doesn't understand. He doesn't stand under anything. He's God, right? So just ask him, hey, God, would you come with me here? Would you do this with me? You'll get the answer real quick. The Holy Spirit will definitely give you the answer. So there's three things I want you to pray concerning the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to run through these. I'm just going to give you scriptures. But these are very important. This is homework. I want you to do these, okay? 
Number one, Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, show me. Try that now. Let's say it together. Holy Spirit, show me. Uh, Pastor Fred has a saying that says, smell me and tell me if I smell like smoke, right? Holy Spirit, smell me and tell me. Right? Where have I been? Don't you pick up a smell when you've been places and done things, right? And you, you get home and you I got to take a shower. I smell like the beach or I smell like being outside. Sometimes you just go outside, come back in, you smell like the outside. And it's like, you know, smell me and tell me where I've been. Uh, I like that one too. But Psalms 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Search me, O God. That's a, that's a b- pretty serious prayer. Search me, O God. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you, listen, and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. The Holy Spirit helps you to follow his decrees and what the word says. Why do you keep failing? And following God's decrees, why, don't, why do we keep falling in the same sin and the trap of the enemy? Because we are not in close relationship. We have to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. If you're in close relationship, it will help you. It will strengthen you. It will make you through. The second thing that you need to be praying is, Holy Spirit, change me. Come on, change me. How many of you uh, are not where you want to be with God? And you're not where, at least you're not where you used to be, but you're not where you want to be. Because that's a prayer that we need to do constantly. Holy Spirit, change me. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18 says, For the Lord, of, the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. You want to be more like God? Come on. Holy Spirit, change me. Say that together. Holy Spirit, change me. Number three, Holy Spirit, Fill me. This is the the one I like too. Holy Spirit, fill me. This simple prayer is just asking God to give you more of him. Without the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you will be doing life in Christianity under your own power. Why? If he's empowered us. Holy Spirit, fill me. This is where we misrepresent who we are as a Christian church because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us and to show and demonstrate God through our life. Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 13.52, New American Standard says, And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Listen very carefully. This is, this is a, 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 a teaching of contention in the church because I got the Holy Spirit and I pray in tongues. And if you don't pray in tongues, I mean, we've even had teachings in the past where people have said, if you don't pray in tongues and you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. That is false. That is untrue. That is not what the word teaches at all. I can tell you that. And I, again, I apologize for anybody that's ever taught you these things. That is not true. But listen, the Holy Spirit, having the Holy Spirit and being able to To live this life and to pray in tongues does not make me better than you. It makes me better than me. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit living inside of me with the evidence of speaking in tongues and empowering me to live this Holy Spirit life does not make me better than you. It only makes me better than me. Come on, we want to be better 
than who we are today. Do you not? I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying, I'm going to ask, uh, we're going to have communion. And I just want, I want to pray for you. And, and I want you to pray with me. And as we do that, we're going to ask those that are here. We have a few people here uh, that are uh, serving and helping uh, as we start to get ready to open again in a couple of weeks. But uh, I just want to pray with you. And pray these things on your own. You know, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, change me. Holy Spirit, search me. Come on, we could do these things on our own. So, Lord, I just pray right now, Father, for those that are watching and listening that may have had a different teaching in their life, Lord. I uproot any false doctrine right now about the Holy Spirit from their lives, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, let this word rest on their hearts, Lord. Let this seed of your word begin to rest on their hearts, Father, in the name of Jesus. I just pray, Lord, that as they pray these things, that the Holy Spirit would visit them, that the Holy Spirit would show himself powerful, that his Holy Spirit would show himself to them, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. And Lord, if there's anyone out there that says, you know, I've never prayed in tongues, but I believe the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. That is what the word says. The Holy Spirit does live inside of you. It came to live inside of you when you received Jesus. But the, the word also says that the word bubbles up. The, the Holy Spirit bubbles up and it comes. And it's, it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it immerses you. It's not just in you. It's all over you. Right? So if that's you and, and you say, you know what? I, I want that. Uh, I just want to pray with you right now. Lord, just... Baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Fill them to overflowing, Lord, that this language would come from their hearts and that they would pray, that they would pray right now. It's very simple in Jesus' name. I want to ask if there's anyone out there that says, well, you know, that's great, Pastor Rick, you pray about the Holy Spirit coming in me, but I've never really even received Jesus and I don't even know if God exists or if he lives inside of me or, you know, your word really moved me today, but, you know, I don't really, and you're, you're unsure. Let's make sure. If this was your last day, would you not want to be sure? If Jesus came right after I'm done with this sermon and we have our communion, if he showed up, would you be ready? Come on, that's not a, a condemnation message. That's, you should be ready. So if that's you and you say, you know, I, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you're not joining a religion, you're not joining our church, you're having a relationship, an intimate relationship with God. And he want, no matter what you've done, he wants you. See, he loves you just like you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. So pray with me. If that's you, you say, that's me. I want, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to die for me. I repent today of all my sins. Thank you for your forgiveness. I will follow you from this day forward. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. If you did that today for the first time, please go on there and, and say a little something on YouTube. Say, hey, I did the prayer with Pastor Rick today, and we'll know. If you have any prayer requests, you can put those in there. You can email. A lot of you have been emailing prayer requests. We're praying over those on Wednesday night. We're going to go ahead and as they get communion, uh, please get ready to do that. I want to remind you that immediately following the service, after this shuts down, we're going to go to Facebook for Children's Church. So uh, immediately after we shut down, you want to switch over to Facebook, get your kids together, and you're going to have a Children's Church service uh, just for them. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Did you want to say anything? Why do you get that one? I get this one. No, it's okay. 
Praise the Lord. <laughs> I get a piece of white bread and my wife's got panettone with some chocolate in it or something. No, raisins. Oh, then I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I'll give it to you after we're done. Huh? I know, I know. I was running out of time. Thank you, Lord. So we want to we want to partake together. If you're at home, please get your bread out and and let's do this in remembrance of Him. We remember what He did. We remember His body that was broken for us. We remember that by the stripes on His back we are healed. Come on. As you partake this together, remember that. And as you remember that and the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance that word, your body begins to be healed. Your, your infection, your pains, your whatever, your mind, your soul, your spirit, everything begins to be healed. We believe that. Let's take this together, believing and remembering that He did this for our healing. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. It washes us white as snow. It cleanses us of all unrighteousness. It protects us. It keeps us. And we do this in remembrance of you. Let's drink together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, next week, same time, we'll be here on Facebook Live on Wednesday night uh, covering your prayers. Um, and then next uh, Sunday, we'll be here streaming live again at 1030. And then the week after that, which would be May 31st, we'll be here open doors at 9. And then we'll at 1030 again for the regular service. Again, if you would prefer to do this a little bit longer and you feel safer staying at home, we'll be streaming live the 1030 service, not the 9 a.m., but the 1030 service will be streamed live just like we've been doing uh, until this point. But I would love to see your face and wave at you from six feet away and, uh, and, you know, and know that this is not going to stay like this. We're going to eventually uh, move into uh, uh, more freedoms and more things as, as things become safer. So we love you. We care about you. Remember, if you, if you receive Christ today, say something there on, on YouTube. And uh, you can email us through our app and through our website if you have any prayer requests. Love you. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.